Welcome to the Intersecting Us podcast, where math and life intersect. In today's podcast, Dave and Brian bring on guests Charlie and Parable to discuss actuarial mindsets in business and life. You know, in life, you go through a lot of different paths and do a lot of different things. But one of the neatest things about life is you get to meet new people and you get to be with new people and develop those relationships. Some real close, sometimes they're peripheral, but uh, it's always nice to get to know people. We have a couple guests here on our podcast today. Uh, we have Prabal and Charlie. Both of them are in the actuarial field and Dave's along with us too. But we thought it'd be good to bring them on because we've, we've got to know them both in Intersecting Us. And uh, we thought uh, their stories and their lives and their passions would be something to be kind of interesting for you to listen to. So what we're going to do today is just kind of have an interview and get to know them uh, along with you. So I'm going to start off with Prabal and let you uh, probably tell them who you are, maybe uh, where you are in your uh, actuarial career, if you want to go with that, uh, your, your life career. Uh, a little bit about your family and maybe a little bit about uh, what you enjoy in your life. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Prabhu. Uh, I'm from India. I am currently studying in Beloit College in the U.S., so in Wisconsin. Uh, it's on the border of Wisconsin and Illinois. I'm currently, I, I currently finished uh, one of the exams, so I passed exam P um, in September. And uh, yeah, thank you, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I'm going to be taking exam FM in February and, uh, well, you know, coming from India to, to this country, I didn't really know what I was going to be studying. I, I initially wanted to get into data science and, uh, a friend of mine just in a conversation mentioned actuarial science and I had no idea what those words meant. And every time I thought about insurance or people talking about insurance, it was pretty boring most of the time. So I never really got into it. But, you know, just listening to what the field entailed and uh, how how it works and what, what what's required to succeed in the field, I realized that, you know, it's something I'm already pretty decent at. I, I love maths and I've, I've always been, you know, I've, I've had a knack for maths um, since, I guess, forever. And uh, it seemed pretty straightforward to see how my skills could uh, be used in this field. And uh, I met with Charlie through, you know, my my inquiry in the field of actuarial science. And, uh, you know, I just thought maybe I'll just give an exam and see how it goes. And, you know, worst case scenario, I pass it and I don't like it. I'll just put it on my resume for, for something else I might like. But uh, it's been nine months and I think I'm going to stick with it. And uh, I'm excited to see where my actuarial journey goes. Uh, so thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's great to have you. And we'll, we'll be asking some more questions about kind of your background and how you got here and what the difference between cold Wisconsin and not quite as cold India is. Uh, but but Charlie, you get, uh, it's that's one of the things we talked about before we had this. Uh, even we're going to do this podcast that different divergent backgrounds. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit about what got you into actuarial science and where you hail from? Yeah, I uh, grew up in Chicago and I attended Illinois State. I was originally studying psychology, but I had always had an interest in mathematics. I loved the objectivity of it. I loved the logic. And uh, when I had realized that I was more interested in 
the professional working world than I was the academic world. I asked my advisor what I could do with someone that was good in math. And uh, like many people who stumble into the actual profession, she gave me some good advice and she said it pays well, uh, even though it's really hard and the job demand is good. And like Prabal, I figured I'll, I'll try it. And if uh, I'm not good enough or it's not interesting, I'll, I'll find something else to do. But I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I love the challenge. I love the variety of the mathematics. And then fortunately, I got internships and in, in full-time jobs. I worked at State Farm for several years in Northwestern Mutual and got through all of the exams, you know, the preliminary mathematic and theoretical exams and the upper level regulatory applied, you know, how do you take concepts and use them in the real world? And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the diversity of the work, the complexity of it, the impact in, in the decision-making that we had. And as I got around my, my nine or 10 year mark, I continued to want to build my skill set. I think much of studying mathematics or actuarial science is about continuous learning and growth. We're just constantly challenging ourselves, being put in, in new frameworks. Um, and so I went out on my own and started a company called the Actuarial Development Institute. We're focused on helping young aspiring actuaries get into the profession, actuaries early in their career navigate their professional development and, and career journey, um, and working with young, highly capable students like Prabal and uh, helping them get exposure to, to unique actuarial concepts in non-traditional settings. Yeah, so it's, it's such a different, uh, a different way of getting where you guys are. But one thing I thought was interesting, uh, and you guys already know each other, but the thread that kind of came through what both of you were saying was you both kind of came into it saying, this is something I might be good at, but if it doesn't end up being what I want, I'm okay with that. And I'm willing to to do something else. I thought maybe you could talk about that a little bit because, you know, some of the listeners may be dealing with it. Once in a while, we get in a situation in our life where we're, where we're kind of just on a train track. And if we don't succeed, we're really in trouble and we have nowhere to go. But you guys came, came in and, and, you know, I know Charlie, you can really talk about that from a psychological standpoint, but probably too, maybe we'll start with you. How does that, your mindset of, of, okay, I'm going to work at this? Cause I think it's hard, especially if you're an exam taker, whether it's an actuarial exam or a CPA exam or whatever you're taking or just exams in college, you, you can feel like such a failure, no pun intended, I guess, if you, if you, if you don't pass these things. So probably tell us a little bit about how that works in your, in your everyday life, but just as, as the actuarial science and taking those classes and those uh, tests, how much does it help you knowing that, Hey, if this doesn't work, my life's not over. I got other things I can do. I've still got talents and gifts and passions. Uh, yeah, sure. So to be honest, I mean, I, I can't speak of failing an exam yet because, uh, I, I, I passed my first one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully I never have to deal with that. But, uh, as of now, I'm fortunate enough that I passed my exam on my, on the first attempt itself. So. Dealing with failure in that setting is something I haven't felt or experienced yet. So I, I wouldn't be able to talk about that. But in the general sense of, you know, first of all, trying it out, trying, you know, taking an exam just to see how I felt about it. To be honest, from, I mean, I can't say it because I haven't failed yet, but I would say that even if I did not make it in, in my first attempt, I feel like I would have given it another shot and I, I would have kept giving it another shot because I just lo loved the, 
the concepts behind just taking those exams and just the, the amount I was learning from it. And I mean, to be honest, the cool thing about actuarial science for me and what even drew, um, drew me a little bit more into it was that there were 10 exams. And although that, that may seem that, you know, at 10 exams, why does somebody have to take so long to just become a credentialed actuary? But the fact that you have to consistently try to improve yourself and consistently learn something new for, te- for all those 10 exams, it, people usually, I mean, Charlie did it in 25 by the time he was 25, so in like five years, but people take at least 10 years to do it. And the fact that you have to consistently and constantly learn something is something that I've always liked about the field, which is why I've stuck to it. You know, with dealing with failure, like, like you said, if, if it doesn't, if, if you don't succeed the first time, you know, people don't, you know, they don't know how to bounce back up. But for me, A was the fact that I had no experience in this field at all. So I had no fear of failing in the first place because I came with the mindset that I don't know anything in the first place. So even if I do fail, I've learned something in that process. And that I feel like has motivated me to continuously go t- towards it. And the fact that you have to learn something new is, um, shows that you're always, you, you pretty much don't know much when you're, when you're stepping into it. So as long as you consistently and constantly try to, you know, achieve or pass those exams, you're still trying to learn something. So the next exam I'm taking, which is FM, I don't know anything about financial mathematics. So I'm coming in with this new mindset that, okay, I have to learn something new. If I fail, okay, but I've learned something in that process. So getting into this field is, I think, one of the main reasons I've stuck to this field is because it's a constantly uh, evolving field and you have to consistently learn and upgrade yourself in that process. So that's, that, that's, that's the mindset I've always had, you know, um, you know, trying to succeed in the first place. So kind of a more of an explorer mindset where you're kind of coming into the brave new worlds or however you want to work that in. But so, so Charlie, what about you? You, you, you said something similar about the idea that, you know, this was something you want and you actually went a different direction. You obviously got a very non-traditional uh, way of using your actual science. So tell me a little bit about that, maybe even about your passion about not working, you did work in a, in a more of a traditional setting and state farm and other places, but now you're doing something different. And, and how does that, how does that work in? And, and did you, did you deal with any failure or were you worried about that? You know, getting into, I'm not putting you on the couch as a psychologist, but uh, maybe give us a little of the psyche of that. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting question about choosing to pursue actuarial science and just generally the, mindset that people have when choosing professions. The first part that they're kind of, you know, two opposites where one is the comfort with risk and doing something uncertain about your future. Mm -hmm. Like actual science is difficult and with relatively high probability, you will face failure and adversity in that process. So, being willing to try something that you're almost certainly not going to be good at is scary and intimidating. And you need some level of risk tolerance, comfort with discomfort to be willing to choose the hard path. You know, and I would imagine most people on this call, having done the various things I know we've done in our life, understand the value of choosing the hard path. And I think even starting down a, a hard path, it, it reassures us with this idea that we're not committed. But on the other hand, to become an actuary is to pursue something that has inherently a lower risk as a profession. 
So, you know, oh, I want to do this because of certainty, because I am confident that I, uh, I, you know, I sure hope I'll enjoy it because it aligns with my skills. And so, you know, I think it's, it's an interesting, you know, question you asked there about the comfort with failure. Because I feel like actuaries on one hand have to be comfortable with failure in the process, but we also tend to choose it because we don't like uncertainty. So it's an interesting a balance that actuaries probably strike in their pursuit and decisions to, to pursue it. And then to your second point about why and how I, I use and think about actuarial science differently. You know, we, we had a presentation recently from someone who described a different way of looking at the world. And I really think that that was, is such a, a good concept for becoming an actuary. Each profession, as we go in and we learn about kind of the fundamental ways of, of thinking that make us experts, right? Expert expertise and specialization is valued in society today. As we develop those special specialties and expertise, we tend to think about things far outside of our profession in that same framework. And as an actuary, I saw risk and option pricing differently. What are the downsides versus what are the opportunities? And am I comfortable kind of walking through a scenario analysis of what could happen? Am I comfortable with those outcomes? And it it is almost, it has to be somewhat disconnected from your emotional intuition. I think that's the important part yeah. about practicing actuarial science is that we have to be comfortable that there are a certain number of outcomes. We can't know it. Certainly, we can't for sure know what that outcome is, but we have to make informed decisions given the, the available data that we know. And, and that framework applies so much outside of insurance and, yeah. and to the rest of our lives. And I've had so many conversations with actuaries about how they take that mindset of opportunity and, and option cost and use it to make interesting and strategic decisions in their own lives. Well, I think the decision-making is such a big part, but Dave, I'd like to get you in here. I know I want to talk more about the decision thing, but one of the things you said, Charlie, I think you, you alluded to it too, probably the idea of the failure is not something that, that you really worry about, but you know, you have to deal with it, the, the possibility and the risk. But I know Dave, we talked about in, in past podcasts about there's some studies that you even talked about that there's actually some benefit from maybe having some mistakes along the way. But it, it, that might be something you want to talk about. But I, I know you got some questions for these guys. So I want to let you get in here and start to uh, start. Uh, I do. I really answers. enjoyed listening to them, but I'm also uh, looking forward to picking their brains because I know there's a lot of good stuff in there. So I'm maybe I'll start with Charlie. I know you've got a really good short answer, elevator answer, so to speak, as to what makes you really tick at ADI because ADI, Actual Development Institute, you know, is something you started from a blank sheet of paper took me quite a while to get my arms around like what you were doing. And I'm non-traditional myself. And so very creative. And as I've watched you develop your business, uh, I've learned more about what you envision in the future, because I think you saw the future and um, saw a better future for other actuaries. And so what is it that really makes you tick to take the chance of you know leaving the comforts of a insurance company to start your own business? Um, 
the well, one really great wife. Um, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> good that, start. that makes a, a big difference. I, I wanted to help people. Uh, I saw that there were changes happening in the profession. The number of people pursuing it was going down. Job demand was going up. Uh, so I, I had a, you know, I saw there would be a business opportunity, but also I feel very fulfilled helping level the playing field where depending on where students attend university or their economic and historical backgrounds, they might be approaching, you know, the actual profession from very different, you know, resource systems and, and backgrounds and figuring out ways to make it so that people that have the skills necessary and the work ethic are on level footing, um, regardless of where their starting point is. Yeah, that, that's cool. And I know when you hear back from your students and they tell you that, hey, I've got this job that I uh, you know pursued while going through your the ADI program, and it ended with a uh, you know a, a job offer that that gives you a lot of thrill to ex- kind of realize that you were part of that journey. Yeah, we've talked about this. Like, how do you point to tangible moments that reaffirm that you're doing the right thing? And yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> right. And so now we have a tangible person here with Probable. And first thing is the audience probably doesn't know that Probable that you're actually part of this podcast venture in a very uh, real way because uh, you actually take the raw files that we have and you basically massage it and tweak it and put some creative touches on it. And you're the one that puts the finished product out there. And so for those of you who enjoy listening to our podcast, Probable is one you can really thank for doing a lot of the work behind the scenes. And I got to uh, basically know about Probable through Charlie's, but I've never heard the story about how Charlie and Probable got connected. So Probable, maybe you can share a little bit about how you got connected with Charlie. Oh, yeah, sure. It was a it was a really, uh, I guess, serendipitous moment. I it was It was really like out of the blue. So in March of, of 2023 uh, is where I, you know, started developing an interest for actuarial science after somebody mentioned it to me. And, uh, the person that mentioned it to me had a few friends who are actuaries already. And, you know, I kind of understood like, well, what the process was of becoming an actuary, what the current or career trajectory looks like, how I'm supposed to get from point A to point B and all that. And surprisingly in my, my college over here, uh, although we had a few people take the exams and they actually had funds associated or for people who wanted to take those exams, nobody really talked about actuarial science. And I, I started, you know, talking to my professors, talking to my advisors about, you know, hey, I'm kind of interested in this. Is there something you can help me with? And they didn't really have a lot of facilities, but uh, out of the blue, Charlie, uh, you know, emailed our college, the math department, you know, telling them that, you know, he's He's developing a program for students who are interested in actuarial science. And, you know, he just wanted people interested in it. And uh, a professor sent the email to me. And I was at that point, I wasn't even looking for, you know, some sort of job offer or, you know, looking for anything other than the fact that I just needed somewhere, somebody to show me how I'm supposed to study for these exams, because I knew I had to take the exams. And I just wanted to take one exam to see how it was, but I had nowhere to start. And, uh, you know, people told me about coaching actuaries and all that. And I, I was looking into it, but I, I still didn't really know much about what I was supposed to do. And I talked with Charlie 
And, you know, he was just saying how he could help me get into, you know, get a coaching actuaries manual and all that. And we just had a great conversation about maths and, you know, careers and why I was trying to take an actuarial exam. And I told him the same thing I told you guys is uh, I didn't see any downside in taking an exam. Uh, I just had to study for the summer. And if I took the exam and if I liked, you know, the, the setting and what I was learning, uh, I'd continue. If I didn't, again, it would just go on my resume. And he told me that he asked me if I pass an exam at that point, And I said, no. And he said, oh man, if you did, I would have, uh, you know, offered you a job like right now. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. But I wasn't even looking for anything. And, you know, we had a, I, we kept in touch. And after my exams finished, I asked him, you know, how am I supposed to get that coaching actuary stuff? Cause apparently if you formed a club in your campus and then you, you, you could have some affiliation with coaching actuaries and you'd get the material for free. And that was what I was going for, but I didn't have anything at the time. And out of the blue, after, you know, constant, uh, around May, May 15th, 16th, uh, Charlie just sends, he, he didn't even tell me. He just sent me an, an interview. He's like, you have scheduled an interview. I was like, okay, cool. I didn't know what the interview was for, but I was like, okay. <laughs> so I talked with a few other members in, um, ADI. So I talked with Owen and I think I forget who the other person I talked to was, but it was, uh, Owen was one of the main people I talked to. And, uh, you know, we just had a, you know, I, I, for me, it was like a conversation. I didn't really take much to it. And then I, then Charlie gave me another interview with him. And then we just, again, talked about some other stuff. And then he's like, yeah, we, we, we'd like to, I'd like to offer you a position. I know you haven't passed an exam, but you seem like, you know, you're driven and you will take an exam. So, uh, that's good. And, uh, yeah, that's how I kind of got to know about Charlie. And then I worked with him over the summer. And I mean, right now I'm not doing much, but anytime a project comes up, you know, um, I'll be ready for whatever he has to give. And then that's actually how I met Dave as well. Um, through Charlie, he, Dave asked Charlie if he had anybody in mind for some interesting projects that he wanted to start developing. And, uh, you know, I was just eager to do something creative and something new and, you know, learn something new. And, um, yeah, here we are. Well, that, that's good. And, uh, once you talk a little bit, I know you, for the most part, uh, use your experience and thoughts in order to put together the finishing touches on our podcast. But I also know you use a little AI to get you started sometimes. Do you want to talk a little bit about that briefly? Yeah, sure. So essentially what, what my job what I do for Dave is, and for the podcast in general is, um, I take the podcast and I listen to it myself. And what we try to do is make sure that obviously sometimes people don't want to listen to a 30 minute podcast or even listen to four 30 minutes in one stretch. So I try to find bits and pieces and find places where, you know, the topic changes or that I can, you know, find a brief pause. So if somebody just wants to listen to this specific part of the podcast, and it has one specific thought process. I have to, you know, snip that out and put a chapter to it. And I do it for as many things, I, as many chapters I feel like the podcast needs. And uh, so my job is to listen to it and see see where the thought changes. And wherever the thought changes, I take whatever you know. I I see what we've we've been listening to and what what people have been what I've been listening to. And then based on what I've been listening to, I summarize that and put it to uh, ChatGPT. To come up with a, a few, you know, I obviously give it some prompts, but then I ask it to come up with a few titles for that specific chapter. So AI has been very helpful. So I don't have to like try to reinvent or come up with super creative, um, you know, chapter titles or even uh, podcast titles. I just put it on ChatGPT, tell them what the podcast is about, 
and it kind of just gives me gives me what what I want to hear. And I have like it, it gives me like five or five to ten different suggestions, and I just pick one, see see what's the most accurate. And yeah, that's how uh, ChatGPT has been pretty helpful in uh, in making my work a little bit easier. Well, cool. So, Charlie, uh, I know that uh, you know you've had uh, a lot of uh, experience in your day as an actuary. Basically, if I understand, you were a lot on the asset side, so I'm not really switching gears um, a little bit, right? I, d- I did work in investments and modeling. I don't know yeah. if I would describe myself as most of my, but I certainly had a, a pretty good exposure to it. And I know that that's led you to be able to not only you know do things as an actuary for an insurance company, but you use some of those skills to advance some of your own personal businesses that you've got, some of your investments. And and I'm just curious if you can share what are some of the skills that you feel like you learned as an actuary that's allowed you to start other business ventures that really have to do with finance? Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's one of those things where pretty much any actuary, if I showed them you know, here are the tools I've built or the methodology that I'm, I'm using in my personal business, they would understand it. Like there, there's, there's no complexity. There's no insight. I didn't derive some new formula or have some objective measure that no one had ever thought of. I, and if anything, I think it's familiarity and comfort. And what really opened my eyes to opportunity set was was working on the asset side. So most actuaries can relate to this, but if you're not an actuary, most of what actuaries do is we look at something called contingent liabilities, meaning stuff that may or may not happen that is bad. It's a liability. It's a cost. You could get in a car accident. You could get cancer. You could die. Your business could be disrupted. We look at protection, insurance protection that may or may not happen. What's very interesting, though, is that same mathematics and framework for contingent liabilities works on the contingent asset side, meaning we invest money in things, bonds, stocks, real estate, and they will perform within a realm of possibilities. And I was amazed on the asset side, one just relearning some of the math that's used on the asset side, but not liabilities, but mostly the same mathematics was there. And as I saw and executed programs that were large, sometimes that tapped, you know, hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, I was amazed that many of the same risk analytic tools I had learned to use in my actual training were used there. And so it prompted me to, to, to question about, how I could learn to apply those same mathematical principles in my personal life, in my own personal investing. And, um, you know, there's a couple of them. I don't want to get into too much detail, but maybe three key concepts. Um, the first one was about like risk pricing, right? Like every actuary knows about risk pricing. How risky is it? How much should you charge? So looking at assets that had uncertain future values and cash flows, and trying to estimate their value, their price today. The second one is about asset and liability management, which is, you know, we have liabilities that companies do, uncertain cash flows we owe in the future. So we want assets that line up 
So when a bill is due, we can pay it. It's kind of the premise of every, you know, good business. And so I use asset and liability management, working with debt with banks and assets that we own to make sure that they line up, that their cash flows match. And then the third one, again, concept that every actuary works with is diversification, making sure that the exposures we have, the risks that we face are not related. So when one bad thing happens in one place, it probably doesn't happen in the other place. And, you know, looking at scenarios of, you know, what could go wrong in all the places at the same time and how do you uh, prepare for that and protect against it? So again, I'm trying to keep it as abstract as possible without getting into detail, but I would say that every actuary having heard what I said goes, yes, I know how all of that stuff works, you know, can explain it in a decent, in a decent way. Right. Okay. Well, Brian, I think we're probably going to be wrapping up our first episode here. Um, I know I'm pretty excited about the second episode because we got some big things coming. What, how do you think we should wrap this up here? Well, for this one, I think we've got started uh, with what we wanted. We got to know these two guys pretty well. But when we go into the next one, uh, we're going to, I want to maybe, one of the things that you guys were talking about is making decisions. You know, that's kind of what this is all about, isn't it? As you know, whether you're an actuary or a a college student or a fry cook, you got to make decisions, right? And how does one do that? You know, we ended that pretty well there with with Charlie talking about some of the same mechanistic ways of making decisions kind of go across different types of disciplines. And so that's kind of what we'll be getting into, uh, uh, I think, in, in episode uh, episode two. So Okay. And I know uh, I'm really anxious to hear the philosophical discussion about free will, determinism, and stuff between you and Charlie. So that, that will be good. And yeah. uh, uh, we can talk a little math history as well. Yeah, that uh, sounds good. So, yeah. Uh, I know those will be a couple big topics. So be ready. I'm going to do my absolute best to bring math into the discussion. Yes, that's so. That is your job. Or you so choose. This has been the Intersecting Us podcast. To further engage with Intersecting Us, go to intersectingus.com.